Well, good morning, church. This morning is Palm Sunday, and it's the start of Holy Week. And, and today we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey, as His Word will tell us. If you have your Bibles today, please be finding the book of John. And we're going to begin in chapter 12, verse 12 through 19. Let's just ask the Lord for a blessing upon His Word today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that you just bless us today, Lord. And, and Father, um, as we gather around your, your word today and we get into your scriptures, Father, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit to touch our hearts, Lord. And Father, this is a day where we, separate, or we celebrate the, um, the arrival of Jesus into Jerusalem. But Father, we also ask that today is a day that we can celebrate Jesus living in our heart. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this opportunity to come together through this uh, recording and, and through this uh, media outreach. Lord, we just pray that you be with our church while they are separated right now. Father, be with everyone under the sound of my voice today. And Father, we just love you and praise you and ask for a special touch from your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, John chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse 12, and we're going to read through 19. And it says this, The next day a great multitude had come to the feast. And when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took palm branches, or branches of palm trees, and they went out to meet him, and they cried, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, said on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, when they remembered that these things were written about him, and that they had done these things to him. Verse 17. Therefore, the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him, because they had heard that he had done this sign. And the Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now, before we get started this morning, I just want to say, and I want to put this on the record, that this is probably the luckiest donkey in the history of mankind. To have on its back the Son of God fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. Now, I did a little donkey investigating this week because, like you, I have nothing else better to do. And I made some interesting discoveries about these donkeys. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, but guess what a donkey's favorite pastime is? Now, most of us are probably thinking eating because that's what we have probably been doing through all this time of isolation is eating. But believe it or not, eating is not a donkey's favorite pastime. It's actually rolling on the ground, rolling in the dirt. That's what donkeys love to do. Donkeys also have these really long ears, and they have these long ears for two reasons. It keeps the animal cool. It's kind of sort of like a donkey radiator. 
and it helps them hear up to a mile away. And then the most bizarre fact that I discovered comes from the London Times, where they reported more people are killed annually by donkeys than actually in airplane crashes. Now, I don't know how they discovered that or, or why anyone would want to investigate that, but it's a fact. Now, here in the Western countries, we traditionally call this Sunday Palm Sunday, and it celebrates the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem during the Passover feast. But in the Jewish calendar, it was actually the 10th day of Nisan, not the car, but the month. And on the 10th day of the month of Nisan, that was the day when Jewish families would select the lamb that on the 14th day they would sacrifice for the Passover. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence that it is this day that God chose to have the Lamb of God ride into Jerusalem presenting Himself as a living sacrifice. Now, we're going to look again at some of these verses, and I want to share with you some things that I've discovered this week, some observations that came to me from this passage in John. And here's the first thing that I noticed. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. And the first thing is this, is that Jesus is more appealing than religion. Jesus Christ, the person, is more appealing to people than religion. Just as it was then, it's the same today. Look at verse 12. It says, The next day a great multitude had come to the feast. And when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him and they cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Now if you think about it, who was in this crowd of people? Well, it was a crowd of religious people. They were here in Jerusalem for a religious festival, the festival of Passover. Now this is when they celebrated the deliverance of their forefathers from the bondage of Pharaoh in Egypt. But every year it was the same thing. Every year they took the same route to Jerusalem. And every year they went through the same old rituals. And every year they said the same prescribed, pre-written prayers. And for a lot of people, it just got old. It got just mundane and wore out. And they were searching for something more than what their religion was offering. And they found out that Jesus was in town and they all gravitated to him. And they spontaneously started shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us now. Deliver us now. Give us what religion cannot give us. One of my favorite verses of Scripture is in Mark chapter 12. And it's a simple verse. It just says, And the common people heard him gladly. The everyday common people heard him gladly. Now in Mark chapter 12, Jesus gives parable after parable, story after story, and then he has a confrontation with the religious leaders of the time. And the common people were hearing it and seeing it all. And the Bible tells us that they listened to him gladly. You know, Jesus to them was much more appealing than even their hollowed out religion. 
And because of that, there was this clash between old school religion and this old school religious system and this new stuff that Jesus was offering. See, Jesus was the tipping point that took people from old school religion to a relationship with God. And because of that, it created this clash between Jesus and the religious leaders of the time. So really, if you think about it, what's really the big difference between Jesus, the person, and the practice of religion? Well, there's several differences, and let me give you a few that I can think of real quick. I would say that religion puts emphasis on the outward, and Jesus emphasizes the inward. You know, Jesus once said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 4, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? And then again in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, Jesus speaks and he says, From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, Jesus was always more concerned with what was going on on the inside of a person than how a person looked on the outside. You know, religion is about the outward, and Jesus is always about the inward. Here's another difference that I can think of. Religion is often about what you cannot do, and Jesus is about what you can do. Religion is about thou shalt not, and Jesus' approach has always been, just come to me as you are and watch what I can do through your life. And the third difference, religion puts up barriers and Jesus pulls down barriers. Now, if you and I were in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago and we went up to worship at the temple, we could not just go anywhere we wanted to go. There were certain courtyards for people like you and I. We could not even get close to the temple itself. We would be confined to the outer court known as the court of Gentiles. And see, that's what we see with religion. We see barriers and separation. But Jesus removes all the barriers and says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, religion was only for the select few but Jesus is for everyone. He says, come unto me, all of you. Jesus is for everyone. And religion, here's another, the last difference. Religion typically says, you have to work your way to God. And Jesus says, I am the way to God. See, I've seen enough to know that most of world, all world religions are about what you have to do to get to God. Religion is in the world's view, is a stepladder of things that I have to do to elevate myself to get to God. But Jesus is about God coming to earth and not earth going to God. We don't work our way to God. God came down in the form of a human, His Son, Jesus Christ. And religion is all about things that you must do. Prayers you have to say. And what that comes down to be is that is the religion of human achievement. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Religion says you must do this or you must do that. 
but a relationship with God the Father says, it is finished. Just like Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. He has done it all. Now, that's just a few of probably many differences between a relationship with Jesus and the practice of religion. But I want to get back to this crowd that is that we read that is screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is He. And this crowd is pressing around Jesus so much that we read that the Pharisees in verse 19 actually say that we're accomplishing nothing. Look at how the whole world has gone after Him. You know, Jesus was their biggest nightmare because what they have discovered is that people are far more attracted to Jesus than a religious system. Amen? That's what our church is all about. That's what Salem Community Church is all about. It's not a religious system, but it's all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we want for you. That's what our prayer is for you, is that you get past a religious set of rules and just get to know God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we want for you, and that is our prayer. Set the rules aside and just come to know Him. Have a relationship with Him, because He is far more attractive than a religious system. Now, my second observation from this passage in John is this, is that Scripture is more reliable than opinion. So, Jesus is more appealing than religion, but Scripture is more reliable than than opinion. Now, look back with me at verse 14. It says this, Then Jesus, when He had found a young donkey, said on it, As it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Now, just about everybody you meet today has some sort of opinion about Jesus. People had opinions of Jesus 2,000 years ago. And do you remember in the Scriptures when Jesus spoke to His disciples and He asked them, Who do men say that I am? And they begin telling Jesus the opinions of other people. Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah or you're one of the prophets. These were just opinions as to who Jesus Christ was. But if you notice here in John, John does something different. Two times John quotes Scripture from the Old Testament. And the first quote that he gives is from Psalm 118. When the people said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That is a direct quote from Psalm 118. And the second quote was Zechariah 9.9 where it says, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. You know, John quotes Scripture as if to say everyone has an opinion about who Jesus is, but the Scripture does not lie. It is reliable, and here is who God says that Jesus is. You know, we need to make sure that we're getting our facts about Jesus from the right source. You know, everyone has an opinion, but only one opinion matters, and that opinion is God's opinion. So, we need to find out who Jesus is from God. We need to find out the truth about Jesus. We need to find 
that truth in God's Word. Scripture is always more reliable than people's opinion. Don't take my word for, for it. Don't just listen to me and do no research yourself. Get in God's Word and find out who God says Jesus is to you. And don't just take the neighbor or your grandma or your mom or your dad's word for it. Get in God's Word and find out who the Holy Spirit speaks to you and tells you who Jesus is. Because Scripture is always more reliable than opinion. And God's revelation is always more reliable than people's estimation. So, Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And Scripture tells us in John 12, 16, His disciples did not understand all of this. They didn't understand what was happening until after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. You know, I felt a little bit of relief this week after reading this passage again. I felt relief that the disciples, Jesus' own disciples, did not understand what was happening. Because the truth is, is I personally don't always get it. It's not until the second or third or maybe a hundredth time I read something that it makes sense to me. So, Jesus is more appealing than religion. And Scripture is more reliable than opinion. Now let me close with this third observation that I got from this passage of Scripture in John 12. And it's this. Following is more important than inspection. You know, following Jesus is more important than inspection or observation. Now, in this little paragraph of Scripture in John chapter 12, there are four different groups of people that John mentioned here who are there in Jerusalem that day for the Passover celebration. And the first group are the disciples. And they're found in verse 16. They're found in verse 16. And these are the guys who have been following Jesus for three and a half years. They're really followers of His. Through thick and thin, they're followers. And then the second group were the eyewitnesses. They are found in verse 17. These were the people who were there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. They saw the miracle with their own eyes. And the third group of people are those who heard from the eyewitnesses. Those are in verse 18. These people, they weren't there at the resurrection of Lazarus, but they heard the testimony from the people who were eyewitnesses. Now, the fourth group that is mentioned is in verse 19. And those are the religious people of the day, the Pharisees. So, in this passage of Scripture, in John 12, verses 12 through 19, we see four different groups of people. And all four groups were observing the same event. But there was only one group that was really following Jesus. And those were the disciples. They didn't quite get and they didn't quite understand what was happening that day. But to them, that didn't matter. They were going to keep following Jesus no matter what. Now, there were a lot, of, a lot of observers around Jesus that day, but only a few disciples. Now, hear me out. It's good to observe. Don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me. It's good to observe. I commend an observer. 
But at some point, your observations must lead to a conclusion. And the conclusion of these disciples is that Jesus is worthy to follow. And I want to ask you this question this morning as I close. Are you following Jesus today? Are you an observer? Are you just a simple onlooker, a bystander? Or are you a follower? What category of these four people do you fall in? Are you a disciple? Are you an eyewitness? Are you just a... Uh, a bystander or someone who's observing? Or are you one of the religious people who are stuck in a set um, idea of rules and regulations for religion? Where do you fall in? I pray today that you're following Him. I pray that you're a disciple of Jesus. You know, this Palm Sunday is a time when we welcome the King into not just Jerusalem for Passover, but into our hearts. And I pray that today you call Him the King of your life. And I pray that He is your Lord and Savior. You know, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, it's as easy as saying this. You can repeat after me if you've never done this. And you want to accept Jesus into your heart. Just simply say, Lord, I am a sinner. And I need You in my life. And I believe in you to be the Son of God. And I accept you as Lord and Savior today. I believe that if you've said that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you're saved. The Bible tells us in His Word that from the confession of our sins, we are saved. When we cry out to Him and accept Him into our heart, you know, I pray that you're blessed today. The Lord has given us a beautiful weekend. And I pray that you get out and spend time with your family. Enjoy some sunshine. There's a wonderful children's lesson that the Ponders have done for us. You can find that on YouTube. I will share the link on Facebook as well. And I pray that this week, as we start this holy week and this journey to the cross, I pray that... that um, you each just take a moment and reflect on what Jesus has done for you. Let us pray. Father God, we thank You again for a time to come to uh, Your Word and a time to listen to You speak. And Father, we pray for a blessing this week. And Father, as we go into Holy Week, let us just be reminded of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And even though Friday is coming, Lord, Sunday is just around the corner. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you today. Watch over our church. Watch over our church family. Lord, and bring us back together again soon. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.